Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we begin 2 Timothy with chapter 1, which reads, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know well all the service he rendered at Ephesus. As we jump in here to 2 Timothy chapter 1, let's remember it's a continuation of the relationship that we saw developed in 1 Timothy. Paul is trying to encourage this young leader on how he's to shepherd the flock that he's in. And as we walk through this, today we want to focus in on a facet of this encouragement. Because verse 8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. What I believe Paul is trying to develop here for Timothy is an understanding that the hardship, the sufferings, and the difficulties that he's experiencing are part of what God is doing to help him in growing as an individual. And so we walk through this passage and we see descriptions of what is taking place in Paul's life, but we also have an understanding that he's sharing this with Timothy because Timothy is likely experiencing the same types of things. When we walk through this, we see that in verse 12, it says, which is why I suffer as I do. So why is it that he suffers? He suffers because it allows him to experience the grace of God that has been given to him the same way that Jesus experienced grace through his unjust suffering. And so it gives a connection between the suffering and the purpose for that suffering, in the pattern, in the way in which he's allowed to participate in the glories of Christ because of his experience of the sufferings. And so we have a picture here of what we would call the discipleship process. Paul is sharing knowledge, truth, experience, wisdom, life with Timothy, who is going through the same type of things. He has experienced this. He connects it to the truth of the gospel. He walks through how you're supposed to relate in this situation. And then he's there to encourage, to support, 
to develop and to walk with Timothy through the process. He knows it's not easy because Paul has experienced it himself. He knows it's not going to be something that Timothy can just, oh, well, I guess I just need to change my perspective and it's all going to be perfect. But no, he understands that he needs to continually rely upon the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, verse 14, that will allow him to guard what has taken place, that will allow him to experience and to grow according to the plan and knowledge of the Lord. And so as Paul does that with Timothy, it's important for us to understand the way in which we are called to participate in the same type of event. Undoubtedly, you've heard us say this before, it's on the wall in the cafe, that the mission of a sin church is to see lost people saved, saved people matured, and matured people multiplied for the glory of God. And so that is how we're summarizing that discipleship process, to take people from where they're at and move them forward in that progression so that we would all be disciple-making disciples who are worthy of the calling that we've been given as children and heirs of the promise of God. And so as we walk through that today, hopefully this is a reminder of a practical way that it looks like. It might look a little bit different than what Paul is doing here for Timothy, but taking a truth, helping to explain that truth, connecting it to someone's life, helping them grow in their understanding of how that develops them as an individual and how that allows them to participate in the heart of the gospel. And whether that be an understanding of the gospel for the first time or a further development of what that is and a further expansion of clarity of what that means for someone, this is what discipleship looks like. So today, as you reflect on that, how are you participating in the discipleship process? Who are the people who are like Paul, who are helping you to see clearly what's going on in your life and helping you to make connections to the gospel? And who are the people like Timothy in your life, the people that you're trying to help along with that? Because we're all part of a chain that is working together to grow the body of Christ. And in order for that to be working, you have to be connected to those who are more mature in the faith, who are pulling you forward, and those who are less mature in the faith, who you're helping move along as well. So take some time today to reflect on that, to see how you are participating in the discipleship process. As far as a question for today, I'd like to kind of just cover this today as we're going to see it in several other places in the book. But we have some names in this book that we don't really know a ton about. And so I want to really talk about that fact. We have Phagellus, Hermogenes, Onesiphorus, Hymenaeus, Philetus, and Alexander mentioned here that we really don't actually know a ton about aside from what's in 2 Timothy. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, because naturally we might have questions about these events. And now some of these we can see are false teachers or involved in that process, but other ones we don't really know exactly what's happening. But we're encouraging you to follow your questions and find those answers. So what happens when you follow a question and there is no answer? What happens when you're not able to provide clarity to the passage? I believe it's for one of two reasons. The first reason being you haven't spread your search out wide enough. That's not really the case with our chapter here and what we're looking at as far as these names and better descriptions of them, but sometimes we don't find the answer that we're looking for because we're not searching in the right place. And so expanding your process of the search could be a first step on that, bringing other people into it, letting them know, hey, I'm really looking into this, seeing if they have resources or other places that you can look, seeing if they've seen cross-references or other places even in their own scriptures that talk about that or similar things that would help provide clarity. But in this case, where there's actually going to be no solid information that you can rely upon, I believe it's important for us to understand that in those situations, 
it is a curiosity that we might have to try to figure out what's going on, but it's not actually something that's fully relevant or necessary for us for the sake of the gospel. Remember, if we go back to John chapter 20 and we look at the purpose for why John was writing that gospel, he said, Jesus did many other signs and wonders in the presence of the witnesses, but the ones that were recorded were written so that they would have belief and that they would have faith in Jesus Christ. And so what we have in the scriptures allows us to have that faith and that belief, but we might still have other questions or other things that we would love to know about what's going on, but they're not necessary for us creating that belief and that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we reflect on that today, it's important for us to understand that there will be times when we have curiosities and questions that we might not be able to answer, but that shouldn't stop us from participating in the process of answering the questions that we have. As we walk through places in Scripture that we have questions, we should always be seeking out to find the answers to them. And if we don't find those answers, we should try to figure out, do we need to expand our search, or is this maybe something that I'm really curious about that is not going to have a very large impact upon my faith and my ability to understand the tenets of the gospel? So as you reflect on that today, there could be some other questions you have here about different things that are going on in this passage. As always, seek to answer those questions. But if you do come across that, let's opt to look at the first option first. Hey, see if you can expand that search. Maybe talk with some other people about it. See if they have some other resources that you could use to help do that. And if you do come to a place where it's not there... Rest in the promise that the scriptures hold all that you need for life and godliness, that they have the ability to give and to create the faith that you need to be responding to God in the way in which he's revealed himself to you. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-